You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. When we go to gamble, we go to lose. Even when we win, it's just a matter of time before we give it all back. This is the Bet Slippin' Podcast. Featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I mean, it's the gambling business. Occasionally you get punched in the face. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. What is up, homies? Welcome back to the Bet Slippin' Podcast, our 2022 NFL season preview rolls along, and we're looking at the NFC West today with uh, sports betting wire colleague and Rams wire editor Cam De Silva. Cam, thanks for joining for this is your third bet slipping appearance now. Yeah, second or third, can't remember, but thanks for having me back, regardless of what number it is. Good to be on here. Well, you you came here with the uh, for the Open Championship, right? Yeah, yep, yep. You helped us make money with Cam Smith, right? You also you also took a couple bets with Cam Smith. Yeah, I had Cam Smith. I wanted Rory a little bit more, had a little more money on him, but I was happy to at least cash that Cam Smith ticket. And then you uh, helped us break down the NFC East, right? I think that's the other one you were on. So this would be your No, favorite. I actually wasn't on the East. What? All right. Yeah, I'm just I wasn't talking, on the East. I'm talking way <laughs> out of my ass, and I'm not going to end any of this. You guys can just hear me talking, blabbing out of my butthole. Anyways, <laughs> um, of course, we have the homie Nathan Beagle on this podcast with me. What up, Nate? What's up? Back in action. I know. I'm actually having. I'm actually having fun with these previews. It's really getting me in the mood. I know it's a great like appetizer to the NFL season. I I enjoy the preview podcast more than actually like watching preseason football. Like it's more fun I, shooting the shit with the, with you guys. I definitely agree with that because preseason, you're like, I'm why even watch it? I mean, unless you want to watch the first half of a quarter where maybe Trey Lance will get in or whatever. So. Yeah, no, I like previewing it way more. Yeah, I mean, it helps my process, um, and and every now and then you guys bring some ideas to my uh, attention or, or change my ideas, and uh, I think it's like iron sharpening iron. So uh, happy to have you back on, though, Cam. Um, again, we, we like to go by order of how these teams finished last season. Uh, obviously the, uh, the winner of, or excuse me, the winner of the Super Bowl and the winner of the NFC West is the Los Angeles Rams. That also so happens to be Cam's beat. So Ram, uh, Cam, why don't you talk to us about the Rams off season and give us, um, a 2022 season preview, um, please. Yeah, this off season was a little more about departures than additions for the Rams, um, they did add Allen Robinson, Bobby Wagner, uh, which, which are two big names uh, for the offense and the defense. And they'll help replace Robert Woods, who was traded. And then uh, obviously Bobby Wagner's not a pass rusher, but his veteran leadership comes in and, and helps fill the void of Von Miller, who left uh, to sign with the Bills. So um, those were their two most notable additions. The subtractions were, were uh, pretty substantial. You had Von Miller left. Uh, Odell Beckham is still a free agent. I still believe he's going to be a member of the Rams at some point. It's just a matter of when they're going to get a deal done. Darius Williams, one of their starting cornerbacks. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, their nose tackle. Austin Corbett left uh, in free agency. Andrew Whitworth retired. Robert Woods was traded. Johnny Hecker was cut. So the list is pretty long of guys that they lost. Um, Nothing really crazy happened in the draft. They didn't have a pick until the third round because of the uh, Von Miller trade and, and the Matthew Stafford trade from last year. So uh, nothing too notable in the draft that they added. They added Logan Bruss with their first pick, who could help replace Austin Corbett at right guard, but it looks like he's going to be a backup initially. Um, so that's kind of where they stand right now heading into 2022. Still think they're in really good shape to to make another run at the Super Bowl. Obviously, the, the NFC is a little bit weaker with the quarterback shuffling. Russell Wilson's gone. Matt Ryan's gone. Uh, Brady obviously came back, but uh, Devontae Adams no longer in the NFC. Um, Khalil Mack is gone out of the NFC. So the conference as a whole is a little bit weaker, which helps the Rams, but their schedule is really, really tough. They got the Bron- They have the whole AFC West, so Broncos, Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders. That right there is four tough games. NFC West still is is a tough division with the the Cardinals and the 49ers. Um, they're going to face the Cowboys, the Packers. So not going to be an easy road to repeating. 
No, their uh, their strength of schedule, at least according to DVOA last year, was 16th. This year, according to Vegas win total or projected win, Vegas win totals, it's second. So it did get much tougher. You know, they got a first place schedule because they won the NFC West last year, and they're favored to win the NFC West this year. I give I'll give you guys a betting profile real quick. Set the table here before we start eating some of these bets, feasting on some of these bets, but. Uh, the win total is ten and a half for the Rams. The over unders both are at minus one ten. Again, they're plus one twenty five to win the NFC West, minus two seventy to make the playoffs. The nose plus two ten to win the NFC. It's plus four fifty. Super Bowl uh, is plus one thousand. Um, Cam, any of those numbers stand out to you, or do you have any thoughts on like player props or? Um, a Ram winning anything in the uh, in the um, individual award markets. I already forgot what the number was for them to win the NFC West, but regardless of what it is, I, I like that bet a lot. Um, people are still on the 49ers. They still, I mean, I mean, I don't know what the number is, but I think they're pretty close to the Rams as far as odds to win the NFC West. Plus um, one seven. I pers- yeah, I personally just don't agree with how close those two teams are. You're taking the 49ers, who have a basically a rookie quarterback in Trey Lance. Um, obviously, they have the defensive playmakers with Fred Warner and Nick Bosa and, and all the guys over there. But um, it all comes down to quarterback play. And, and if I'm going to bet on someone to win a division, um, I'm going to go with the Rams with a proven quarterback. They have the most experienced quarterback in the division, just won a Super Bowl. Yeah, they lost a lot of players this offseason, but... Um, they still have Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Jalen Ramsey. Now they added Bobby Wagner, Allen Robinson. So still a really star-filled roster that I think is going to win the division again. How Allen Robinson, I think, is like the sexiest pickup for them, especially with OBJ uh, blowing out his knee in the Super Bowl. But um, Allen Robinson's production significantly slipped last year, even in comparison to the other Chicago Bears wide receivers. Obviously, Chicago's offense was a nightmare last year, um, working in a rookie quarterback into uh, Matt Nagy's final season and just didn't do very well. But do you still think there's um, stuff left in the tank with with Allen Robinson, and, and how is he looking in camp? Yeah, for sure. I, I like Allen Robinson a lot, and that signing kind of came out of nowhere for me. I wasn't expecting them to sign him, especially because – they did it when they still had Robert Woods on the roster. They were still talking to Odell Beckham Jr. And they come out of nowhere and sign Allen Robinson, who was the best receiver on the market at the time. Um, definitely still plenty left in the tank. He just, his career has been filled with terrible quarterbacks. Blake Bortles, um, last year Nick Foles, Justin Fields. I mean, he hasn't really played with a good quarterback in his entire career. Now he gets Matthew Stafford, who has excelled with bigger physical receivers like Calvin Johnson, like Kenny Galladay. I'm not comparing Allen Robinson to Calvin Johnson, but um, they're both physical receivers who can win those contested catches, which the Rams didn't necessarily have last year with Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson and Robert Woods. They're all kind of similar receivers who run good routes, get open, create a lot of separation. Now you get Allen Robinson, who you can throw it up to and and expect him to come down with those 50-50 balls. Yeah, Alvin Robinson's a baller, um, or at least he has been in previous um, years. Hopefully he can kind of return to that. I know the Rams are going to need him because it's mostly like a Stars and Scrubs team. I mean, that's kind of been the case for a few years now. Um, they have three of the best player or top five players in their positions with um, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, and uh, Jalen Ramsey. And, yeah, I'm high on, on Matthew Stafford. I have him as, like, the seventh uh, excuse me, I have him as the seventh best quarterback um, in, the, in the NFL entering this season. But he is dealing with like a baseball throwing arm issue, right? Uh, can you speak to that at all? And uh, I mean, how concerned you are about about his whatever it is, like it was elbow, um, yeah. elbow strain or elbow tendonitis? Yeah, so he had an elbow injection this year in his in his right arm, his throwing arm. Uh, he dealt with some pain last year and they were kind of hoping that that would help the, the pain subside a little bit. Um, that hasn't necessarily been the case. He's, uh, gotten days off in training camp. He's been kind of off and on, uh, with the days that he's throwing. Um, but it's kind of funny. It went from like, oh, this is no big deal. He's just getting a day off. He's feeling a little pain. 
then Sean McVay was like, oh, this is abnormal for a quarterback. It's something that MLB pitchers deal with. And my mind immediately went to Tommy John's because it's an elbow and, and a pitcher injury. But um, it, it doesn't sound like it's going to need Tommy John surgery or anything like that. And the past couple of days, he's been throwing and, and taking deep shots. And he's looked fine, I guess, as far as Sean McVay and, and everyone in attendance has said. So um, it doesn't seem like it's much of a concern. Do you think the Sean McVay, McVay comments, excuse me, are like gamesmanship? Him like playing possum, right? Because like, I don't know, that doesn't what he said, uh, according to you, doesn't really align with coach speak, and that's not something like you're gonna want to put out there. Like, oh my 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 quarterback is dealing with an arm issue, and it's an abnormal arm issue. I almost yeah. feel like he's trying to, I don't know, trying to like. Uh, make like the Rams um, uh, maybe like less popular by the market. I know he was not thinking about like that, but just, just to kind of like ease the tension, right? Like lower the expectations, I guess. Like downplay yeah. the repeating. Uh... Yeah. Like just like yeah, exactly. ease the pressure. pressure like, Hey, them. the yeah. elbow is not fucking not, not working. We, <laughs> we just lost Von Miller. Uh, like if know. we start off one and three, you know, his elbow. it's the elbow. It's the yeah. elbow. <laughs> we'll be lucky to make the playoffs with Stafford's elbow. Like it is. Yeah, it was funny because it's kind of the opposite of how we handled the Todd Gurley knee issue uh, throughout the 2019 uh, season where he really just didn't say much about it. And and obviously Todd Gurley wasn't the same and he was uh, not the same workload. He got a lot of days off in practice and McVay just said, yeah, he's fine and didn't really make a big deal about it. So that's kind of my point. I didn't even think of that. That's a perfect like cop though, right? Like Todd Gurley, this guy obviously has a knee issue. McVeigh doesn't say shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> Matthew Stafford's battling an elbow issue, which could be like if you're reading it as a better or as a Rams fan, you might be like, oh, no, or oh, shit, I should fade the Rams. And when he says that, it's kind of like, well, maybe maybe he's <laughs> full of shit. I don't know. I think that's interesting. Um, I can read the uh, betting profile for you again as well, Nate, for the Rams if need be, but did any of those numbers that I listed before jump out to you, or do you have any – Rams inspired bets that, uh, on your slip. So I do. It, it pains me to say this, being a Bengals fan, but I do like the Rams at plus twelve hundred to repeat. I think they have the experience. They the schedule is pretty tough, so I'm not sure the the actual regular season is going to do them much favors. But they have they have everything, and when you get to the playoffs, sometimes that experience with Cup and Donald and Ramsey takes over. So. I will also uh, say that since they do have a, such a bad schedule, I'd probably wait to play it. I mean, if you if they do start off one and three, this could be plus three thousand in a matter of months. So uh, I think there's potential with the Rams. They they didn't lose enough, and I love Allen Robinson. Like you guys said, I actually had him as a keeper in one of my fantasy leagues last year, which was horrible. But what he did in 2015 with Blake Bortles has to be at like. Looking back on it, when I was doing research for this league, league and touchdowns, 1400 receiving yards with Bortles had to be one of like all-time underrated seasons yeah for sure so, it's a hell of a performance i love robinson I, I like the team and i think they have good composure good leadership so i mean i like him at plus 1200 i would wait to play it but that would be my only play i don't think plus 125 i mean for a season long bet what if that elbow injury it actually is something so i don't know i like the super bowl odds if anything yeah, I'm not crazy about laying minus 110 on a season long uh, or a future. So I'm not going to take their 10 and a half wins over or under, even though I lean to the over. Obviously, not going to lay 270 and make the playoffs. I, I just feel like plus 125 to win the NFC West is a fair number. Not like crazy value, not really jumping out to me. I mean, I don't know. Like, the regression metrics or the variance metrics point to regression for the Rams, but it's been like that for the past few years and it just doesn't happen. Like Sean McVay just knows how to win games in the NFL. Um, his team has went over in four of his five years as a head coach or the Rams have went over four of his five years since McVay uh, joined LA. Um, you know, they, they win one score games. They somehow have great injury luck and those things seem to never um, regress or catch up to them. I, I look at the roster turnover and with 30, 31 other teams, I'd be shitting bricks here, but I don't know. The Rams just kind of make it work. I mean, again, you know, the, the most, the most important thing to me going into the Super Bowl in the playoffs last year and heading into this season is just like Aaron Donald, Cooper cup, Jalen Ramsey, like 
all three of them could win defensive player of the year and or offensive player of the year type shit. You know what I mean? Like, like they're just three bona fide Hall of Famers. Like, how do you fade those guys? When you have that talent on the roster, you got to find something better than plus 100 odds. Because what if Stafford goes down or what if something? So I think playing them big is the way to go here. So did you have anything you like on that? I don't. Um, actually, I like the to exact the box the the Los Angeles Rams and the uh, Arizona Cardinals to finish first and second in the NFC West. That was going at plus two sixty, partially because I I do like the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are uh, getting a little too much shit from the market. Kings Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. We'll talk about them in a few minutes. And I'm like Cam, just not just not sold in the san francisco 49ers to trey lance like you i need to see it i gotta see it i'll lose money if he if he's the if he's the goods whatever i just can't i just i I can't buy into it yet but as far as the rams any specific odds for them uh i have nothing i can't i you know they were my pick to win the super bowl last year uh in the preseason so happy that came through for me i wouldn't be surprised if they made it back you know, and I wouldn't be surprised. I would be surprised if they missed the playoffs, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they were eliminated early in the playoffs and just had a, a disappointing, for the most part, uh, title defense. So um, the Rams are uh, uh, the, the rightful favorites of this, of this division, but I can't make any bets on them in, in good faith and good conscience. But we'll move along unless you guys have anything further to add to them. Nope. Uh, to the Arizona Cardinals, actually, who finished second in the division with a 11 and six record. I believe they started out seven zero or seven and zero at yeah, one point. Sick. I had Kyler Murray on every fantasy league, so it was. <laughs> hey, don't 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 laugh at that. He was rocking it for me. He was. Like, he was an MVP guy. Like round every team I had, so it is what it is. Whatever. I mean. Up until his injury issue, the Arizona Cardinals looked like the best team in the NFL. Like they were housing teams, and um, I have them. They were eleven and six last year, uh, ten and seven against the spread, eleven and six. Um, Pythag tenth in DVOA, but again, they fell off at the end of the year. They were fourth in EPA differential. Um, this is what Cliff Kingsbury's fourth year in the uh, in Arizona. Uh, they've increased by three wins in each of his first three years. So he had five wins his rookie year, eight, and then eleven last year. Um, the betting profile for the Arizona Cardinals, who were um, eliminated last year in the first round by eventual Los Angeles Rams, um, the eventual Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. 34-11, absolutely crushed, had no business being in that game or looked like they didn't even get off the bus. But uh, the betting profile for this year's Arizona Cardinals is their win total is at 8.5. Juice on the over, it's minus 120. Uh, last time I looked, I'll go back um, in a second here, but they didn't have odds to make or miss the playoffs. To win the NFC West was plus 350. Cardinals, excuse me, to win the NFC was plus fifteen hundred, and the Cardinals to win the Super Bowl was plus three thousand. Uh, I'll go to you here first, Nate. What are your, I guess, thoughts on um, the Arizona Cardinals coming into the season? So it's sad, but I think I'm generally speaking gonna be just piggybacking off you in the sense of on paper pre-show I had Rams Cardinals. See, I didn't do the, the dual forecast. The straight forecast is plus 500 for those to finish 1-2. I think it's just more a fade against Trey Lance. And, and I do like Kyler. I think without even without Hopkins, I think they'll be able to uh, figure it out. I think James Conner is a little bit underrated. Um, yeah. I, kind of agree. I, I mean, he didn't have a great last year, but I'm pretty sure he was hurt a lot of last year, right? Or hurt mm-hmm. some of uh, I think so he I, gets like 14 touchdowns. He's always there yeah, he was with a injuries. touchdown machine. He was a touchdown machine. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I like them to finish at least second in the division. I don't think it'll take that much. The Seahawks are going to be horrible. So all they have to do is beat out the 49ers and then not be better than the Rams. So at plus 500, I feel like that's where the value is for them to come in second. And from what we saw from Kyler last year, 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, he was nine and five as a starter. So as long as he can stay healthy and injuries are something that's hard to predict. That was his first year and he only missed three games. So. 
three important games, but three games nonetheless. So, I mean, if they if they stay right around what they were doing last year, even drop a few more games, they should still be able to finish second. So, if I find value, it's one, two Rams, Cardinals at plus five hundred. Uh, Cam, how do you feel about the Cardinals? Are you are you how how do you feel about Kyler Murray? Like, where do you rank him in in terms of like top quarterbacks in the league? He's somewhere 10 to 15, I would say. I, I mean, he's looked so good at times. And then at other times, like that playoff game against the Rams, he just didn't look comfortable whatsoever. He, I mean, the protection wasn't great, but he was just making silly errors that you don't want to see from a quarterback who's a few years into his career. Um, in, in the fact that they don't have – Hopkins for the first what six weeks of the season that's a little worrisome after watching Murray play without him last year and just the offense didn't fit Hopkins skill set um Cliff Kingsbury the route tree that he had for Hopkins was really puzzling um against the Rams I don't think he ran anything more than like 15 yards downfield and it was just like these little hitches so um the whole offense as a like collectively is, is a little bit worrisome. Um, but I do like them a little bit more than the 49ers. I think um, they're going to be tested early. They got the chiefs Raiders and Rams in the first three weeks. So I think if you do want to play the Cardinals, maybe wait a little bit, maybe wait the first few weeks. And if they drop one of the two of the three or start and three, God forbid, um, you might be able to find some more value there. I, I, uh, I really, really like the Cardinals week one. I think that's like the most disrespectful line of week one. They're getting three points at home against the Chiefs. I think Kyler Murray is going to light up the Chiefs weak-ass secondary, actually. I agree with you in, in, in the ranking. I have them actually 10th um, in my quarterback power rankings. Um, but he got a huge new extension. I think all the ridicule surrounding the study session clause um, I, I think it's fair and it's funny, uh, but I liked his his uh, reaction to it and his just like his just perspective it was like you wait you think that I like how disrespectful is that to my fellow competitors? You don't think I study? You know you think I just step on the field and produce the way I do? Uh, he was seventh in DVOA last year, seventh in QBR, ninth in PFF, uh, or ninth graded quarterback by PFF, and this was he. It was kind of disappointing, it felt like, at times. At least at, towards the end of the year, like, he looked like an MVP candidate. And then and then towards the end of the year, uh, Cardinals' warts started to show, and, and, and he wasn't even really in the race at the end. Um, but he's first in big-time throw percentage, second and third down grade, three, third from a clean pocket. I think Kyler Murray is a, an absolute baller. Like, I'm, I bet him at plus uh, 2,800 to win the MVP. I'm going to give him out at plus um, plus 2,000 to win the MVP here. That's Tipico's odds, but like my local book, I got plus 2,800, so I was like, I'm definitely taking that. But there's a world where this this fool scores 40 touchdowns with his legs and his arms. And like, what's the thing that we, the, the most noticeable trend with Kyler Murray and how he's performed, he gets weaker as the season progresses. So we need a little injury luck, but it's going to benefit him that he gets DeAndre Hopkins back after six games. And, uh, hopefully DeAndre Hopkins is like doing these PEDs like it's a parking ticket. You know, you just leave the parking <laughs> ticket on your, on your car. It's like, they're not going to give me two parking tickets. Like, they're not going to test him for PDs right now. Like, take, <laughs> like I'm just kind of, I'm obviously kidding, but um, D Hop is is a, a bona fide Hall of Fame candidate, and getting him back is just going to help out the Arizona Cardinals offense, obviously. And I feel like he's going to be able to keep the ship afloat while uh, while D Hop is is serving his suspension. Um, I am nervous a little bit by the loss of Chase Edmonds and Christian Kirk. Um, and then the in, uh, the the suspension of DeAndre Hopkins is concerning as well. But I also do think that, like, adds to Kyler's would-be argument for MVP. Like, look, like we lost a couple... Uh, we lost a couple playmakers and no DeAndre Hopkins. If the Arizona Cardinals win 11 games, somehow win the NFC West then a plus 2,000 ticket on Kyler Murray could cash. And to me, I see more value in that than a plus 350 ticket on the Cardinals to win the I NFC think, West. Uh, 
I think that defense is underrated as well. They have some absolute studs on the defense side of the ball. Peter yeah. Baker, Isaiah Simmons. I mean, J.J. Watt's probably more for leadership at this point in his career maybe, but those two, and then like you were saying, Cam, I think there's something to be said about them bringing in – I mean, their first pick was in the second round, and they brought in Trey McBride, who was named most outstanding tight end or something. Maybe Kingsbury will go more two tight end sets with him and Ertz and then just maybe give more deep balls to A.J. Green, who can go up and get balls. So uh, I, I think there's a lot of tools on the offense for a lot of variation on what they what sets they kind of bring forward. And I think that only bodes well for Murray. Maybe they find something that that is better for him. Because like you said, Hopkins may not be the weapon that suits him best. Yeah, and like he's he's got next level athleticism and elusiveness, right? Like that guy, that guy can stupid. Yeah, like the just the way he can like 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 juke and his agility, partially based on his size, is like like you can't you can't come up. You know how they they like um teams in practice preparing for their opponent the upcoming week will like find a comp on like the scout team to like practice against there isn't a comp for what anything Kyler Murray can do like that guy is super special athletically and like going back to like my week one pick of the Cardinals plus three like J.J. Watt his production and his efficiency or, or how he plays never dips it's just injuries I mean, theoretically, he'll be fully healthy week one. So, like, you give me fully healthy J.J. Watt and the studs on their defense, which include Buda Baker. Isaiah Simmons started to flash a little bit of potential. Um, they also have – what's the other kid? Um, the other linebacker. Um, yeah, Zayvon Collins. Zayvon Collins, who, you know, whatever. But they, they used a first-round pick on him uh, last year. Um, he still has a lot of improving to do, but – those guys, along with Buda Baker, are the reason that the uh, Cardinals gave up the fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends in the league last year. Like Isaiah Simmons and Xavier Collins and Buda and Buda Baker are special over the middle and are super athletic and are and and are uh, make it really difficult for opposing tight ends. So like Patrick Mahomes, especially early in the year, I think is really going to key on on Travis Kelsey. So I think they can make it tough. Week two, they play the the the, the Raiders, so they're going to be well positioned to guard Darren Waller, um, and obviously they have a a defense if they can stay healthy for the week eleven and week eighteen matchups against the 49ers that can make life tough for George Kittle. Um, there are obvious reasons to be down on the Cardinals. I could make all those arguments, but because I am pro Cardinals, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm sprinkling on Kyler Murray to win the MVP, and I'm going to take. The uh the the Rams and the Cardinals to finish one and one and two in the NFC West. Now, are you would you give out the straight forecast or the dual? The dual is well plus two sixty, and the straight is plus five hundred. Do you feel confident enough that the Cardinals aren't going to get the top seed, or you just think it's Cardinals Rams above the pack? Yeah, I think it's Cardinal Cardinals Rams above the pack or uh, above the the pack. Excuse me. Um, so you like the Cardinals that much? You think they? should be able to rival the Rams in the division. Yeah. I think I think I think Kyler Murray's worth the money. And I think if he's healthy for a full year, him and Kingsbury like developing together, I think also combined with the fact that just the market's just too low on them. Like Kingsbury and Kyler Murray have improved every single year they've been together, right? And maybe that stops or maybe they plateau and they you know they gotta bring in another court another uh coach, but I don't know. I'm going to ride the momentum and it's also like fading the public. Like it feels like no one really likes the Cardinals. Right. And they're all kind of saying the obvious things, but might be like too far in the forest. See the trees. Like Kyler Murray is a fucking problem. Like that guy, he could score 40 touchdowns, like 100%. So I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to go with him. And you know, you got to make bold moves in these NFL previews. Like crazy shit happens in the NFL every year. I don't, like, would it be the craziest thing ever for Kyler Murray to go nuts and, like, get the Cardinals 11, uh, 11 wins? Rams to win the NFC. No, no Cardinals to win the NFC. I Whatever. The thing is – Whatever, just, give it to him. Give it to him, Jeff. <laughs> no, there's there's too wide of a spectrum, right? Because Zach Ertz is old, right? Rodney Rodney Hudson, their center, is old. Kyler Murray has been injury-prone. Plus 1,500, though. Plus 1,500. I don't hate the value. 
Same Don't. value as the Vikings? Okay. I mean, come on. Now it feels like you're questioning <laughs> my manhood. I will give out the Cardinals to win the NFC, perhaps, but not not because of your, uh, your prodding and your challenging. All no. right, the Cardinals and Saints are both plus 1,500 to win the conference. Who do you like more there? I, I, th- I think the Saints are going to win the NFC. That's my team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> I knew you <laughs> liked them. I didn't know how. Yeah. I knew you liked them. I did. I forgot how much you liked them. If I could if I could exact matchup, NFC Bet- championship, a- Arizona Cardinals, New Orleans Saints at plus like 8,000, I would make that bet. I'd put $20 <laughs> on that bet. <laughs> no, I like the Cardinals. Um I'm not going minus one twenty for their wins. I, I found the best way to get at them, at least on Tipico, and it's the uh straight forecast with the Rams one two to win the NFC West. So that's all I got on them. But um guys, let's come let's come together for a second here and all and all shit on the 49ers. Unless maybe Nate it's, it's it sounds like we're going on a little shit fest. <laughs> Nate, you don't have anything positive to say about the 49ers? Uh, I mean, they probably have, if you really want to say it, they probably have the highest ceiling. If Trey Lance is that good, I think you could make that argument. They have weapons that are kind of unproven. Elijah Mitchell entering another season with a year under his belt. Kittle healthy. Ayuk looks good. Debo just got paid fairly. I think there are reasons to be like, yeah, they, but I mean, I'm not going to get behind him just because, like you said, I need I need Lance to prove it, and I'll lose money before he proves it. So, and that's just because maybe oh, maybe I, and also part of me thinks if Lance was the real deal, if he was as good as they say, shouldn't he have been playing over Jimmy G last year? Like if if Trey Lance was Joe Burrow, you're still not even however he looks in practice, you're still going to play him over Jimmy G if he gives you the better chance to win. And last year, even as a rookie, he didn't. So I guess maybe they think he improved tenfold and the practice time really helped, but I'm going to go now. I don't, I, I maybe I'm the dumb voice. one. I don't understand how San Francisco has managed the situation. I think they've messed it all up. Like from the very start, like the, everyone considered San Francisco a Super Bowl roster. They were, I mean, they were in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. They were, shit, they're in the NFC title game last year. They're a Super Bowl roster. Yet they traded up for the third best quarterback in the draft. Like, it makes no, it makes no sense to me. A guy who wasn't even ready to play in year one. And, like, everyone's just like, well, yeah, they'll figure it out. I, is that like, how it they works? They could have won the Super Bowl if they drafted maybe the best skill player at number three. Yeah, you don't just kind of ran it back with what they what they got. But uh, take which cornerback didn't get injured last year? And uh, Sertan got injured. J.C. Horn got injured, right? But there was a few good cornerbacks. I, I don't know. I thought they could have done something with the with, with that different with um, their draft moves. Like, they traded up for that. But like also this year, if there's a one position you want to overinvest in and be quarterback. Why wouldn't you keep Jimmy G on the roster? Like supposedly he's a great locker room guy. Everyone loves him. Like he's a positive dude. Like I don't think Trey Lance is like a lock. And like, even if he were to get injured, cause he is like an athletic mobile quarterback. Wouldn't you want Jimmy G as like uh, a safety valve? Also like no one even really wants him. Like, there's gonna, there's a chance the Giants could end up getting him. My New York Giants get him for like a six round pick, which I would be fucking down for. I would be super <laughs> down for. Like I don't, I, I don't get it. it. The whole situation sketches me out. But this team has a lot of talent. Ten and seven last year, straight up. Nine and eight against the spread. Ten and seven. Pythag, um, upset cow, the Cowboys in, in the wild card round. Twenty three seventeen, upset Green Bay in uh, Packers in Green Bay. Thirteen to ten. And and probably should have beaten the Los Angeles Rams the NFC title game, but they ended up losing the twenty to seventeen. They were ninth in EPA differential, um, and success rate differential. I think they were even higher. They 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 got teams off the field pretty fast, and and they were able to uh, keep drives uh, keep drives going. They were sixth in success rate differential. That being said, uh, Kyle Shanahan he according to the media is God's gift to coaching, but he's got a 48% winning percentage in his five seasons. And he's went under in three of the five years. So I don't know. I'm not, I see under nine and a half wins 
heavily juiced, or excuse me, got at plus one twenty five. That's a good number that I'm willing to bet, and I'm I'm gonna take to the window here with me. They're over is minus one fifty. Uh, to make the playoffs is minus two twenty for the San Francisco 49ers. The no is plus one seventy five. So while while the plus one seventy five obviously is a bigger payout than the under and the nine and a half plus one twenty five. As I said earlier uh, in an earlier preview podcast, I think an NFC team will make the playoffs with nine wins. So I'm not going like like I'd rather just go under nine wins. Um, and and try to cash that ticket than the 49ers making the playoffs at nine and eight and me losing the playoff bet. Um, to win the NFC West, San Francisco's got the second best odds at plus 170. NFC plus 700. Super Bowl plus 1500. Cam, we haven't gotten you yet uh, on the 49ers. What do you? How do you feel about them? I'm kind of similar. I'm in the same boat as you guys with Trey Lance. Um, I mean, it's hard to fault the 49ers for not playing him last year because Jimmy G did take them to the NFC championship game. And even though he was their biggest problem, I would say um, their biggest limitation, uh, they were still a solid team and um, they look decent coming into this season, but you don't have the stability at quarterback knowing you're going to get at least average play from Jimmy Garoppolo. Now you're going with Trey Lance who uh, could be Zach Wilson like he was last year, or he could be Joe Burrow in year two. Um, you just don't know what you're going to get with Trey Lance right now. So uh, I'm I'm willing to wait and see how they do in the first few weeks of the season, see how Trey Lance plays. He's a really athletic guy who can extend plays with his legs. And um, I mean, he's a promising, fun quarterback to watch and, and to follow, but there's nothing really right now that stands out to me to bet on the 49ers. Um, I mean, I don't know what his MVP odds are, but that could be, I mean, if you want to take a real flyer and and take a chance on him blowing up like Joe Burrow did, fine. But um, as a team, I don't really love anything on the board right now. Hey, I hear you, man. And they lost two good interior linemen with the retirement of Alex Mack and uh, Lakin Tomlinson, I think, going to to the Jets. Um, And, like, I think Kyle Shanahan needs an above average to elite quarterback to kind of take his coaching or system to the next level. Like he's, he's kind of blown some games with time management, some iffy uh, late game calls, fourth down calls, and just really hasn't put it together and more or less just needs a good quarterback to help get him over the hump. And I don't think Trey Lance could even possibly be that here in the second year. Maybe in the third or fourth year um, he could get there, but I, I'm just not seeing it this year with him. I mean, before last year, I think the biggest crowd he played in front of was like 20,000 people. Like, come on. I know that's like simple logic, but like, I mean, that's kind of the whole point is like he 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 wasn't heavily recruited at a, at a high school. Obviously, he played for a, I don't even know what kind of program North Dakota State is. <laughs> they they weren't they weren't in the college football playoff. I'll tell you that. So, um, I, I again, Kyle Shanahan is a good coach. They have a ton of talent. So I wouldn't be um, I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, if if they do pretty well. But I, I, I um, well, I guess I would be surprised. I like their under so. Screw the 49ers. I would be surprised. <laughs> uh, Nate, any final thoughts on the 49ers here? Nah, all on the same boat. Don't like them either. So you must, you must be super here, excited here to talk about the Seattle Seahawks, right? The sexiest team yeah. in the West. You know, given what you said about, I will say the one that I had penned down here that I didn't hate on the 49ers for the value is, I think it's fun to play these uh, stage of elimination games. And I think if the 49ers, they have the weapons to be decent, not to harp on them that much longer, but they're plus 240 to get eliminated in the wild card. And I'm not confident enough in Lance for him to beat. So if you think they get what? They get five through seven, one of those three wild card spots, and then they just luck into maybe maybe they play the Rams or the I, – I think there's potential at plus 240 for them just losing the wild card. I don't know. That, that's, that's my not a bad one play. Bet that I don't hate. Yeah, it's not a bad play. Yeah, I don't hate that logic because, like, outside of a few outlier quarterbacks like Mahomes, Brady, Burrow, almost every quarterback shits their pants in their first playoff game, right? 
that was also what I was going to say to Kyler Murray. If you go back and you think about like how Josh Allen looked in his first playoff game against the Houston Texans, like it was atrocious. That's why I don't really hold it that much against Kyler Murray for shitting his pants against a Rams team, right? But like, you know, if Trey Lance looks apart, gets to 30 touchdowns on the ground and with his feet, but gets humbled in the playoffs in the wild card round, that wouldn't be surprising at all. You know, I could definitely see that plus 240 ticket cashing. Um, yeah. All right, cool. But we'll go uh, go to the team that finished last in the NFC West for the first time and probably in the whole Pete Carroll era, right? Uh, the Seattle Seahawks were 7-10 and 10 last year and what turned out to be Russell Wilson's final uh, season as a Seahawk. They were 9-8 and eight against the spread, had a 9-8 and eight Pythag. Ninth in DVOA somehow, but 17th in EPA differential. And they did miss the first, uh, the playoffs for the first time after three straight playoff appearances and the third time in Carroll's 12 years as the head coach. Russell Wilson went out with injury from week five to week eight, rushed back, didn't look like the same quarterback for a few weeks there, and just Seattle couldn't find its footing in, in, a, in an obviously very tough NFC West. Um, but they traded Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos this offseason, as I'm sure you all know, for Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris and draft capital. So uh, the Seattle Seahawks are going into training camp or in the pre- preseason with a quarterback competition of Drew Luck, Drew Locke and um, Geno Smith. Just yuck. Gino. garbage, garbage. I, I love Pete Carroll. So I'm not, and I'm not crazy about going under here. I honestly, I'm not going to end up having any bets in the Seattle Seahawks. And, that's not just like the preseason. I don't really see myself being on them at all in the regular season. Like, I I can't from a football perspective. I hate Drew Lock. Like that guy's terrible. <laughs> Geno Smith is really not much better. Um, but the betting profile before I turn it over to you, Nate. Five and a half wins over minus one forty for the Seahawks under two one fifteen. Excuse me, plus four fifty to make the playoffs. No minus six fifty. The Seahawks to win the NFC West are plus 1,500 to win the NFC, plus 1,600 to win the Super Bowl, plus 10,000. Um, any, anything jumping out here to you, Nate? I guess like at the very – I'm not going to make a bet on the Seahawks, but the only thing that I would consider is that I think Davis Mills and I think Marcus Mariota – may have a marginally higher ceiling than either Geno Smith or Drew Locke. And I do not, and it doesn't matter. Like we were talking about earlier, it don't matter. Uh, previous episodes, it don't matter if you have a good wide receiver, if you don't have a good quarterback, like extending Metcalf is not going to do anything until you get Shroud or Bryce Young. So considering the teams they play, they have a few easy games, but I think Warren Sharp has them sitting 24th in strength of schedule. No, they actually have a pretty easy schedule. I think. Um, it's eleven with the Cardinals, yeah. And for that reason, I'm not going to fade them. But um, Seahawks worst record of plus six fifty is something I don't hate. I think Davis Mills could could make a second year jump, and I think uh, Mariota could have scraped together a few wins. Whereas I'm not a Smith or Lock fan at all. So, I mean, is their roster a little more rounded out? Sure. But did they lose Reed and Wagner? And that should make an impact, especially defensively. And who knows if that offense can keep up with anything. So uh, I think I'll go Seahawks worst record. It's not going to be a best bet, but it's the only thing I saw that I didn't hate. Yeah, I don't do fantasy, but I don't hate some Rashad Penny action because yeah, now you Russ- might get a load. Yeah. Now, now Pete that- Carroll doesn't have to worry about get, letting Russ Cooker do anything. You just yeah. hand the ball to Rashad Penny all the time like he wanted to in the first place. It's beautiful. Uh, what's his rushing yard props, actually? What What do you got on the Seattle Seahawks uh, entering this year, Cam? Nothing. <laughs> I'm not touching them. <laughs> yeah. They just – I mean, it's weird because the Seahawks were so built on their defense under Pete Carroll and – um, obviously they got away from that a little bit in the last few years, but their defense just looks bad this year. Um, Jamal Adams is not a very good, he's a, a, a linebacker playing safety. You got Quandre Diggs, who's a good safety, but secondary doesn't really impress me. The pass rush is terrible. Um, I just don't like much about their defense. And then obviously 
you have playmakers on offense, Noah Fan, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, but if you don't have a quarterback like Nate said, it's not going to make a difference. And and their offensive line has not really been good in the last what five years. And Russell Wilson was able to kind of extend plays and avoid sacks and do what he could behind that makeshift offensive line. But I just don't see it with Geno Smith or Drew Locke. So I'm not going to touch anything about them. Don't you think there was any to anything to it to him playing hero ball though? Like he would he would kind of hijack that? the offense. Russ? Russell Wilson, yeah. Like yeah. he would extend plays purposefully. Maybe it worked out for him, but like he would also take unnecessary snacks and like like the sacks exceeded the pressure rate allowed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And a lot yeah, of Yeah, he cases. would run into some sacks sometimes. Yeah. Um I he would run into absolutely spectacular superstar plays actually. So I I just looked it up. Rashad Penny on Tipico Sportsbook, the sponsor of this podcast, uh, to have the most rushing yards in the NFL is plus (laughs) 2000. I'm going to sprinkle on it, dude. So I'm at, I'm on next gen stats, uh, NFL next gen stats. And he's the leader of, uh, rushing yards over expectation, expectation per attempt, by like a wide margin, by a wide margin. Now it was all towards the end of the year when they actually got Russell Wilson back in healthies when he started running his best. So obviously, you know, Russell Wilson and the threat of him connecting in the deep ball definitely helped out Rashad Penny. But I think it's going to, I also think it's going to help him out that a, his quarterback sucks and B his coach doesn't want the quarterback to throw the ball. Like, I don't know. So I'll take a shot and like, Obviously, like running back is like the most random like uh, spot in the roster, and the most random like um, the most random situation really in football. So like maybe you know twenty to one Rashad Penny comes through. I mean, if you're a hundred dollar better, I wouldn't put more than than, than ten dollars on it, but I'd sprinkle something on that one. Uh, I don't know, Nate. Do you can you get anything more out of this Seattle Seahawks segment? Uh, I'm to. not thinking so. No, <laughs> maybe them to go 0 and 17. A team to go 0 and 17 sounds fun. That's all I'm saying. What is, do you know the market for that? 0 and 17. There is a. I just looked at it on Tipico, but I forget what it is. The yes is plus 700. No minus 1200. That's 0 and 17. That's a lot of losing. I guess. Texans. The. Uh, I mean, someone's gonna win once. It's too many yeah. games. But still, but still. If you're fair about the Texans offseason, they acquired enough veteran players where it looks like they're kind of trying to win. Like, they kind of want to win. I don't know about the Falcons, though. Like, the Falcons? I don't know. 0-17? I'm not going to make this bet. I don't even know why I'm talking about it. But, (laughs) (laughs) all right, let's let's, uh, get out of here. But, like like you guys know, we like to finish this podcast off – with our final segment, uh, locking in our best bets, we call going to the window. So let's do that now. The Bet Slipping Podcast. Going to the window. All right, fellas. So I'm taking away the, uh, the I, I had under Niners, nine and a half wins. But that, to me, that's like just correlated with the uh, dual forecast of the Rams Cardinals plus 260. It's like the same thing. Like, I I don't want to compound the win or compound the loss. So I'll just go with that bet. I'll sprinkle on Kyler Murray, 20-1 to 1 to win MVP, and I'll sprinkle on Rashad Penny to have most rushing yards, 20-1. to 1. Uh, Cam, what are your best bets for the NFC West, if, if, if you have any at all? Yeah, I kind of like the Rams to, have the, to be the top seed in the NFC, plus 500. Uh, that's tied with the Packers. That's behind the Bucs. Um, if the Bucs slip a little bit, the Packers, if they fall off a little bit without Devontae Adams, not sold on the Cowboys. Then you got the 49ers and Cardinals. I could easily see the Rams having the best record in the in the NFC and, and taking that top seed. So that would be uh, probably my best bet. Good stuff, man. What do you got, Nate? I like uh, Rams, Cardinals, straight forecast. So one, two, Rams, then Cardinals, plus 500, and then I still, the more I like it, the more I think about it, the more I kind of like it is the stage of elimination wild card for the 49ers. Make the playoffs, don't win in the playoffs. And those are my two. All right. Good stuff. Uh, before I get out of here, though, I got a, a uh, some life news to share with you guys. I accepted a position as a sports betting analyst. Of, 
outkick.com. So if you like my handicaps and want to read some more of my stuff moving forward, check me out on outkick.com. I'm still going to be appearing on the Bed Slippin' Podcast pretty routinely, pretty regularly, but officially this is podcast getting turned over to Nate Dog here. So you'll be in good hands. Again, you'll hear from me a lot, and I'm still obviously friends with Nate, friends with Sportsbook Wire, and uh, we'll be um, you know, chatting up with them, talking sports, betting shit, and we'll be on this podcast um, just giving you an update on my current situation or my future We're situation. We're proud of him. <laughs> Thanks. Um, uh, next week, we're going to look at the NFC North, um, uh, if that's okay with you, Nate, since it's your podcast. Yeah, let me finish up my hosting duties here. Cam, let me know. Let me uh, let them know where they can find you. Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter at Cam Silva. Cover the Rams for the Rams Wire and then uh, giving predictions and, and previews for Sportsbook Wire. All right. Love to see it. And just like that, and uh, we're about to be out. Jeff, you got any? You got anything left to say as the host of the show? <laughs> I said it already. Uh, um, I got to obviously iron this out with you, but I think we're doing the NFC North next week, right? And then yep. finishing the divisional previews with the AFC North, which is the most fluid situation in NFL history. I don't know what's going on with, with Deshaun Watson. At least um, we should have, I think we should know something by then, right? That's a couple, that's like two weeks before the season. We should know if he's suspended by then, I would think. I don't, Maybe. I don't necessarily, I don't know. It feels like there's just more legal battles to be had. I I, I don't know. So we're, 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 uh, we'll figure put, it out. Yeah, we're kicking AFC North down to the end of the uh, down the end of the NFL uh, divisional previews, but we'll hit up the NFC North next week. Um, again, check out Cam DeSilva on Twitter at Cam uh, DeSilva. <laughs> um, and thanks for joining again, Cam. You guys, you got anything thanks else? Thanks for to having eat? me, guys. Uh, I got nothing else. Peace, homies. This is the yep. Bet Slipping Podcast featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I mean, it's the gambling business. Occasionally get punched in the face. You're listening to the Bet Slipping Podcast. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here.